It's hard to stand out in the crowded OTT world where consumers have hundreds of options from which to stream content. But a five-year-old venture called Pluto TV is unique. For one thing, it's free. Another, its subscribers can access over a hundred channels. No wonder Pluto has already reported over six million subscribers, which, in its competitive slot, is saying a lot. I'm sure our next guest has a lot to say about that. Welcome, Pluto CEO Tom Ryan. Thanks for having me. No problem, Tom. I I think when I tell people that you guys don't have subscribers, there's some curiosity about the business. So why don't you explain how you make money at Pluto? Sure, sure. So um, we're entirely free and ad supported. Um, so we deliver advertising, uh, and and we deliver. Um, that much like TV, it feels like TV advertising to the viewer, but it's also targeted and addressable and, and sort of digitally delivered. So it combines uh, the brand building um, power of television advertising with uh, the addressable power of digital advertising. But when we're talking about channels, we should be clear. These are not channels as most people understand it on the traditional television dial. You don't have CBS or HBO. Yeah, so I'll, I'll explain a bit about um, the, the the business. We, um, you know, we're a free internet TV service, as you said, with over a hundred channels, um, as well as thousands of TV shows and movies delivered on demand in a familiar uh, TV-like guide um, that uh, is free and delivered over you know just about every internet-connected platform that matters: web, mobile, and connected TV. Um, you can think about the business um, in two parts. On one hand, we're a virtual MVPD or um, sort of cable-like television service. So think a next-generation Comcast in that we deliver over 100 channels in the form of an app um, to viewers to consume within that app on any device. Um, but what makes us unique is that we are um, also a, an internet cable networks group. So think a next-generation discovery um, or Viacom in that um, we're not just a taker of channels, um, so not just a taker of fully formed linear channels, but we're actually a maker of channels. And so we make um, the vast majority of the channels on Pluto TV. Um, we do that through a combination of sophisticated technology, curation, um, and um, content that we've licensed from over 100 different media companies, including big movie studios like Lionsgate, Paramount, um, MGM, as well as um, TV companies like um, CBS and NBC, as well as uh, A&E Networks and Scripps. Um, and we deliver unique channels um, to our viewers. Um, and then we also do take some channels. So we're a maker of most of the channels, a taker uh, of some of the channels. And we pair that all up into a 100-plus channel bundle that we deliver for free. So it's really a two-part business, um, sort of a, a, a virtual MVPD and a, and a cable networks group combined into one. But I want to clarify on the cable networks group side, whereas Viacom maybe owns the content or Discovery owns the content, when you're making a channel, you don't own the content. You're just making a deal with the person who owns the content to take their videos and construct it into a linear channel. That's correct. We um, are licensing content from 100-plus media companies, and we're creating uh, most of the channels on Pluto with the content that we've licensed. So talk about some channel examples, because, again, this is not stuff you get on TV, although in some instances, if I'm correct, you're, you are dealing with a traditional TV channel programmer, but you're taking some of their content and sort of remixing it in a way that's different than what they can get on linear TV. 
yeah, that's right. I mean, because we're the platform owner, the the sort of virtual MVPD and the cable networks group um, in one, we can go both broad and deep. So we've got a very wide variety of channels. Some of those are broadly genre um, or subject matter um, oriented. Some of them get quite niche and quite deep in terms of what they address. Name some examples. Um, some examples would be, um, so we've got, um, of the channels that we make, um, we've got channels that are owned and operated by Pluto under Pluto Brands. Examples of those would be News 24-7, which curates the news from a dozen different news sources um, very regularly throughout the day, um, gives different perspectives um, on the same topic for, for different news stories. Um, we've got movie channels, Pluto Movies, um, Horror 24-7 is a horror movie channel. Um, and we've got um, channels that are dedicated to more niche subjects um, like a geek and gamer-oriented channel called The Feed. Um, so those are some examples of the Pluto-owned and operated channels. But we also create channels under um, media company brands. So NBC News has a channel on Pluto where they are delivering us news throughout the day that we're curating into an NBC News-branded channel. Scripps has a couple of channels on the platform, um, which are digital um, versions um, of, of programming that they already do. So there's a channel called Adventure TV, which is in the, the travel category. Um, and there's a channel called um, Front Door, which is in the home improvement category. And so we're taking full-length TV programming from Scripps, and um, we're delivering those through these unique channels that they have on Pluto under these new brands. Um, so it depends really on the media company and how you know it differs on how we work with them. But we're creating Pluto-owned and operated channels. We're also creating branded channels. Um, sometimes we're creating new brands with media companies. Um, and you know, while we started out with a lot of short-form best of digital content, today the vast majority of the content on Pluto either has been or is currently on TV. It's long-form premium TV content. I mean, I approach this as kind of a snob in the sense that I'm so used to, you know, I got to have my CBS and HBO, but... It's when you say that you've got over 6 million subscribers that I realize what you've got here is an interesting approach to the market. Who is watching this? Are they cord cutters? Uh, are they doing it to supplement an existing pay TV? Maybe all the above. Yeah, I mean, our, so what we've built is actually broadly appealing to a wide variety of users. As I said, we, you know, we go both broad and deep. Um, and so... Uh, the majority of our users are actually um, cord cutters or cord nevers, and they tend to pair us with other OTT apps that they use. Um, but a significant um, percentage of our users have a pay TV subscription, whether that's a cable TV bundle or whether that is a, a skinny bundle. And so for the, for the cord cutters and cord nevers, they like us because we're a channel surfing free TV experience with a wide variety of interesting channels that um, they can couple with uh, a Netflix or a Hulu type of experience where they are getting originals or catch up um, TV. Um, but we've got a lot of people who are actually um, using us um, and basically expanding their bundle um, and again, because most of the channels on Pluto are unique and not available through your skinny bundle or your traditional cable provider, um, we allow you to expand your bundle um, for free um, by over 100 channels, um, and, and thereby you've got just a greater channel offering than you would have had. Um, and I think there's a lot of talk about how people 
um, don't want to pay for hundreds of channels or they don't want hundreds of channels. We think that that's not correct. Um, there's a lot of contrarian theses we have about um, our business and the TV um, landscape generally, um, but one of them is, is that, that people actually like to have choice. They, it needs to be delivered to them in a way that they can actually find the content that they want and enjoy it. It also needs to be, you know, that they get channels that, um, you know, if, particularly if they're getting them for free and expanding their bundle for free, um, that's a great thing. People don't like to pay for a lot of channels when they only watch a few of them. And I think that's the sort of the conventional um, wisdom that uh, we're, we're focused on. So you're saying that that linear channel grid still has some staying power. Yeah. I, pe- I mean, sort of traditional TV did a lot of things right. It gave you a place to go. Um, with a lot of great content. It gave you channels that were programmed around um, particular interests and, and, and genres um, that allowed you to be, you know, to just tune in and be entertained to great content. Um, you know, I think one of the um, misconceptions over the past few years is that everything's moving to on demand. And one of our core theses is actually that, um, you know, the linear use case, the programmed use case is alive and well and will remain alive and well in uh, the, the digital um, space because people, you know, fundamentally want to be programmed to. There's plenty of times when you know exactly what you want to watch, you're happy to, to search for it and then play it on demand. And that works, you know, great for specific types of content. I think that's where companies like Netflix have done a great job. But a lot of time you just want to uh, turn on your, your service, uh, drop into a channel and, you know, let someone else do the work for you so that you can just lean back and be entertained. And that's one of the core theses of the company. I believe what you're saying in the short term. I think in the long term, however, the linear channel grid is going to be replaced by something that is a much more data-driven sense of what a viewer's user habits are like. Is Pluto TV set up for that kind of future, or do you just disagree with what I'm saying? No, I I mean, I I think that um, both are true. I think that um, the linear experience is great for certain types of content and certain types of situations, which, you know, I find to be, you know, and we believe are a, a significant use case. But of course, um, you know, you, if you're going to be successful, you need to be data driven. We're a very data driven company. Um, in fact, our our EPG, which does allow you to channel surf, which we electronic think, program guide for those who right, don't know the link. Right. Our, our, gu- our guide um, uh, you know, is there because we do believe people still love to channel surf and the numbers are bearing that out. But we all already do things to um, surface channels to you that we think that you'll like based on what you've uh, watched before. Um, we allow you to sort of customize, personalize your guide. So using data in order to deliver the best possible linear experience is core to what we do. In addition, if you want to watch TV shows or movies on demand, that's you know the other s- sort of leg of the stool for, for Pluto in that we give you thousands of TV shows and movies to watch on demand as well. How do you foresee the traditional linear world playing out in the next two to ten years? And do you think as your company grows, how significant a decline, if at all, do you think we'll see in that traditional pay TV world? Well, I, I mean, if we're... T- if we're saying linear as a proxy for just pay TV, yeah, um, I think that you know the, the, the numbers are, are are out there, and you know probably 
anyone listening to this podcast is probably familiar with the acceleration in, in cord cutting and um, perhaps even you know more um, you know sort of more serious is the fact that lots of younger people are not connecting the cord to begin with so um, you know cord nevering as they say cord nevering yes um, so we find that uh, you know I, I think we're benefiting uh, a lot from that trend we're also um, trying to provide um, our content partners with access to a lot of folks who, who may not connect the cable um, and uh, or, or may have cut the cable so that they can experience that. But in terms of the numbers, they appear to be accelerating, um, and uh, there's probably analysts who are much closer to what they think those numbers are than, than I am, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's definitely a, a big trend. Um, and I think uh, the, the, the good news is there's you know, a huge mega trend around OTT consumption. And so I think a lot of um, the brands and a lot of the, the content creators that have been successful in traditional pay TV um, can find great big new audiences um, through OTT. So there's this OTT tidal wave, but the problem is, is you're one of many different kinds of offerings out there. How do you see your competitive set? How do you think it's going to change in the coming years? Um, well, you know, we we are one of many players, but I think we're quite a differentiated player. There's, um, I think, when we launched the service live um, in 2014, um, there were, yeah, you know, everyone said everything's going on demand and subscription is the only way to do it. You know, we had a different opinion about delivering a, a, a programmed linearized experience or leading with it at least, and also going free, which we also saw as an uh, underappreciated opportunity over the time uh, or at the time. So um, it's true that there are, you know, there's now hundreds of subscription video on demand apps out there. Um, some have built really interesting businesses. Um, I think others um, struggle to um, acquire enough subs because the marketing challenge of actually acquiring subscribers around certain types of content categories um, is difficult. Some of those players are actually coming to Pluto TV um, and they're actually creating linear Barker channels that allow us to promote essentially what they do, give them advertising revenue, and then serve as a promotional you know, vehicle to get them to convert to a paying subscriber. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, I think in order to be competitive, you need to have a differentiated product, which we do in terms of the content offering. It's a lot of content aggregated into one app delivered in a way that allows you to channel surf and be entertained in a lean back fashion. Um, and then we also are you know, wherever we can, finding ways to deeply integrate with with partners so that we can actually deliver um, what we do um, for them. An example. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, an example, and and we're going to have a number of um, partnerships to announce um, this year, but an example is, um, you know, while we while we sort of duke it out in the app store with every other OTT um, app that's there, and we do pretty well, we're number three free app, for example, on Roku. Um, we are integrating Pluto as a default free TV experience um, into hardware and software platforms. So um, in the case of Samsung, um, Samsung is, uh, has launched a product called TV Plus, um, which, you know, if you think about it, you turn your TV on and then there's this app called TV Plus, which is the first app that you see. Um, it's persistent there on the home screen. And Pluto is powering the channels um, for that offering. So um, it's almost, in a way, 
um, a service that is default embedded and delivered in front of the app store. Um, so I think, you know, back to your original question, I think you need to have a differentiated product with great content um, and a distribution strategy that allows you to get in front of consumers in a very compelling and discoverable way. And that's why we're focusing on all of these things. You mentioned Samsung. They're one of your investors. Tell us more about who is behind you. Sure. We, so we um, have raised two rounds of, of funding uh, since, uh, since our inception. Um, we've raised over $50 million in total. Um, our Series A was in uh, 2014, fall of 2014, shortly after we launched. Uh, and that was led by U.S. venture partners in Silicon Valley, um, as well uh, as a number of other VCs and uh, some strategics, including Sky. Um, and then in the fall of 2016, we raised our Series B, which um, had a variety of strategic investors, including ProSieben from Germany, um, Scripps Networks, Samsung, um, and a lot of our existing investors pro rata. So we've got a you know, good combination of financial investors um, as well as strategic investors on the content and distribution side, uh, all of which have contributed pretty, um, pretty significantly to the growth of the company and helping us with content partnerships, distribution partnerships, and other help. But going back to what you were saying about Samsung, that's not just another investor when you consider what you were saying if I'm getting you right, about the value of being baked into that TV set beyond just sort of sitting in this ocean of apps that might be on a Roku platform. To have a, some great real estate, that could be critical in terms of driving future growth for the app, no? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, we're, we're doing very well as an app. Um, Everyone needs to compete through a variety of tactics um, in order to be a successful app. Most importantly, you need a great product with uh, you know, a great customer offering, including um, the content and how it's delivered. But people got to find you. But people do have to find you. And so you need to ensure that you are discoverable through you know, a variety of techniques. Fortunately for us on the app side, um, you know, we have uh, you know, a unique product which gets promoted heavily by you know not just content partners but distribution partners um, but of course where you can actually be deeply integrated as the default experience really the you know sort of the the, the, the primary player helping to power uh, an experience for companies that want to be in the business that you're in that's a great place to be hmm. and you mentioned Roku I would imagine that to some degree they are obviously a friend to the company in the sense that you're a highly discovered app in their platform. But on the other hand, Roku also offers a ton of the same content that is wrapped in to your app. So are they a frenemy of sorts? Well, I, I, again, I go back to, you know, are having a real differentiated offering. So Pluto um, has over 100 channels of linear um, sort of programming as well as thousands of TV shows and movies on demand. The, the product is very different than anything else out there, and I think the fact that we've been the number three free app on Roku since um, sometime in Q3 or Q4 of last year is a testament to the fact that um, Roku users love um, Pluto. Um, Roku is a great partner of ours, um, and we work very closely with them. Um, I think they've built a tremendous business, um, and they're clearly one of the, the leaders in the whole OTT megatrend that's happening right now. Um, 
you know, and and moreover, in in addition to being differentiated, um, you know, I think just as you're looking at this trend of OTT with advertising dollars following eyeballs um, for people to all the people who are watching. Um, you know, through OTT means there's, you know, just this big trend of consumers and advertisers moving um, in that direction. And I think a rising tide lifts all boats. So I think, you know, inevitably there's going to be, you know, some places where you um, overlap a bit with, you know, your, your partners. But uh, we're, we're very excited about the relationship that we have with them, the fact that we've got a differentiated product from what they offer, um, and uh, the fact that this is a really big, fast-growing space where there's going to be a lot of winners. And I think you being free is a big advantage in that space. But I also wonder, how much longer are you really going to be free? I wonder if, do you see the next stage of growth as, well, you're going to have to start getting some of the more premium channels, and that's going to involve passing a charge over to subscribers? Right. Well, so nothing scales like free and instant. So the fact that you can instantly have over 100 channels in an app, uh, you know, at the couple clicks of, you know, an app store or a default experience that we, we may be powering, um, that allows you to scale your audience very rapidly. Um, and so that is a, a great place to be. Um, we have long had a vision for the company as being a, a global freemium TV service. Uh, so right now we're laser focused on the free opportunity. We think it's been an underappreciated opportunity, and we think there's huge benefits to being a free service. Ultimately, free is important. It gets you in the door, but people walk right out of the door if, or back out the door if uh, if the product and the content aren't really good. Um, but we have had this vision of being a, a, a freemium service, um, and we think that at some point we will launch some type of premium tier. Um, the faster and the larger that we grow um, the funnel, if you want to call it that, of uh, free users, um, the more people that we can convert to a premium tier when we when we do launch that premium tier. So, so I could conceivably be a Pluto TV uh, user, and then I'll take some HBO with that, or a, I don't know, well, some new BuzzFeed channel that hasn't been invented yet, which would sort of mirror the plan going on over at Amazon channels, where it seems to be one of the key trends emerging in the OTT space right now is this notion of a, a rebundling, that some companies are meant to play the role of the aggregator. Could Pluto be one? Absolutely. I, and I think that there's a, a a wide variety of ways in which we could get into the the premium um, side of things. Um, you know, a la carte upselling of channels uh, is is one way, and I think Amazon uh, has done a great job with that. But like you mentioned uh, with BuzzFeed, maybe there are new bundles that have not yet been invented. Um, maybe there's opportunities to upsell um, skinny bundles, whether created by us or in partnership with one of the skinny bundle providers, um, so that you suddenly expand your Pluto bundle of 100 free channels into you know having dozens of additional pay TV channels on top of that all in one place. Um, and you know there's there's all sorts of different um, opportunities. I think as we think about how the television industry not only goes over the top but gets bundled and remixed into a uh, completely new form than it was before. And I think that's part of the excitement of being in this space. Hmm. Another opportunity for you guys is international. Some of your backers are some pretty big overseas companies. 
Will we see Pluto going overseas anytime soon? Yeah, we actually have a an office in Berlin, um, and uh, like I said, we've had ambitions not only to be a freemium service over time, but to be global. Um, and so um, we have a, a team in Berlin that has been working on um, bringing Pluto to Europe. And uh, as you note, we've got great strategic investors over there as well. So we see now that we've got the strategic leverage of working with companies like Sky and ProSieben, who can be extremely helpful to us um, as leaders in their fields in Europe as we expand into Europe, um, but also you know, the operational leverage to start doing that because a lot of our channels and content um, work for uh, other markets. Of course, you know, to be successful globally in TV, you also need to be very local. So we need to bring on local content and local channels too. But the channels, uh, many of the channels um, can travel well. Um, you know, we've built a technology platform and a product that can travel well. And so um, the, the combination of uh, great partners and what we've already built for the U.S. market, I think, puts us in a good position to now start expanding abroad. How big is the opportunity? Are we talking about, you know, what we saw out of Netflix, where obviously they grew quite a base in the U.S., but ultimately was, as we can see, starting to get dwarfed by the international opportunity? Does the day come where Pluto is even a better-known brand outside the U.S.? I, I absolutely do think the the opportunity outside of the U.S. is huge. Um, it... Um, I, it's it's tough to say what percentage of our total business could come from uh, outside of the U.S. prior to, to launching um, our first market outside of the U.S. But you know, TV is a big global industry, right? And the U.S. is um, you know kind of less than the majority of that, of course. So I think that you know just with our business, if you think about us as a you know a combination virtual MVPD and cable networks group um, that can deliver this free and ultimately freemium TV service with unique channels um, in a variety of markets around the world. The, you know, the, the, the business opportunity is massive and the international component of that um, is very significant. Well, look forward to watching your progress in the coming months and years. It's going to be an interesting ride. Thanks for coming in, Tom. Thank you, Andy. This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Tune in next week for another helping of scintillating conversation with media movers and shakers. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes. Also, leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing.